0: To the Living Parables podcast where we uncover spiritual truth and lessons God has given us through his word and our own life stories I am Nate your host grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ I appreciate all of you and now let us begin well welcome back to the Living Parables podcast I'm so glad that you're joining me today I pray that this week has been good to you so far Last week, we kickstarted off the parables of Jesus with the parable of the two debtors. It is such a powerful parable, heart-wrenching story. And now we move on to Luke, the 15th chapter, in which we are going to basically do a so-called three-part series in a way. Today we're going to be focusing on two parables, two short but powerful parables. The lost sheep and the lost coin, which will build up to the grand finale of the prodigal son next week, God willing. Now that's not the last parable we're going to do, but that is certainly a big one and probably the most famous of all of the parables. So with that being said, we're in the Luke, the 15th chapter. We're going to read verses 1 through 10. Now all the tax collectors and the sinners were coming near him to listen to him. Both the Pharisees and the scribes began to grumble, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable, saying, What man among you, if he has a hundred sheep and has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open pasture, and go after the one which is lost until he finds it. When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over Ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Verse 8, the lost coin. Or what woman, if she has ten silver coins and loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin which I had lost. In the same way, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. All right, 10 powerful verses. Let's go ahead, and what we're going to do is we're actually going to go a little bit backwards here. I want to end with the lost sheep. The lost coin is literally two verses. Powerful verses. But I want to end with the lost sheep. So we're going to start with the lost coin. So the woman here is a portrayal of God the Father, or Jesus Christ, because they're one and the same. And she has ten silver coins and loses one coin. Does not light a lamp and sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it. What that means there is... God is searching and seeking sinners. That's what He does. And in this situation, we have to understand that in a, in a one-room house, typically in those day and ages, they didn't have any windows. And so you can imagine it's probably pitch black in there maybe lit up with a little bit of candles, but you know a candle sometimes is not that bright. So that's why she would light a lamp and sweep the house. And think about something that you lost that was of some value. And one of these silver coins is worth about a day's wages. So it's a very expensive precious coin to them that was their livelihood and so they light the lamp and they sweep the house going back to the question i just asked have you ever lost something of some value and you sweep the entire house now you're probably gonna snicker a little bit here but we had lost the remote to our tv I know what you're thinking. Man, Nate, that's materialistic. You're better than that. Well, we wanted to watch a movie. (laughs) So, anyway, we searched up and down, all around. Had no idea where it was. Couldn't find it for, I don't know, it seemed like days. Turns out, guess where it was? In a clothes hamper. The baby was guilty. (laughs) So... This right here obviously these coins are more valuable than a, a remote for the TV. But here when it's talking about the lost coin that's that's us as sinners without Christ. And it says in Romans chapter 3 that there is no one who seeks God. The only time we actually seek God is when we're his when we're saved, when we've been justified by faith. So, but we're lost. And God pursues us and seeks after us. And you know what? This sweeping of the house talks about the thorough sweeping, the thorough searching. God just doesn't look for a minute and say, well, uh, I I gave... I gave Nate that one chance, and that's it. That's not what we're talking about here. And we're going to dive a little bit deeper in that just a little bit when we get into the lost sheep here. But I want you to go down to verse 10 here. In the same way, I tell you there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. That's amazing. When a sinner repents... There is a massive heavenly celebration. We're going to dive in that later and what that means. So let's go back to the lost sheep here. So in this situation, we're going back to verse 1. Now the tax collectors and the sinners were coming near him. Who listen to him. A couple things I want to point out. We're gonna we're gonna dive a little deep here. So the tax collectors in those days were the absolute worst of the worst. Absolute worst of the worst. Talk about people that were hated. It was the tax collectors. And then you have the sinners. We don't know really what that means right now, but. Obviously, sinful people we we can understand that. Here's the thing. when it says coming near, you know what that means? And yes, we know what coming near means. but biblically that means that God was drawing them. And we get confused by that a little bit about how do we know when we're drawn. If you're listening to this podcast episode right now, you're being drawn. If you listen to a sermon, you're being drawn, a Bible study you're being drawn. You open up your Bible and, you know, you know, you know you haven't made the decision to follow Christ and uh, put your total trust and faith in Him. You know that. But you get in the Word because you're, because you're curious. That's being drawn. But they were coming near to Him because they were being drawn. And to listen to him. They're coming to listen to him. And so, John 6.44 says that no one can come to me unless the Father draws him. So look what happened here. The tax collectors and the sinners were coming to him. But guess who wasn't? Both the Pharisees and scribes began to grumble. Verse 2. Grumbling. Grumbling heavy complaining as we know about the about both of them they are self-righteous and they are exactly what verse 7 talks about who need no repentance that's exactly what we're talking about here god sent jesus down to save sinners not people who are self-delusional thinking that I don't need God. I'm not, a, I'm not a bad person. I take my kid to the little league. I take my take my daughter to dance lessons. I mean, I, I don't cheat on my wife, but you know, I might, you know, I might look at some porn here and there, but that's not a big deal. It's guy stuff. It's not what we're talking about at all. That's. That's pharisaical. So, James chapter 4, verse 8 says this, Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. So, it's kind of, it's almost like a big, uh, almost like a three-way circle here, uh, in a way. So, we cannot get to God unless we're drawn by God. And once we're drawn by God, then we seek after God. And then we then we have this spiritual, Holy Spirit-inspired desire to seek after Him, to draw closer to Him. And in that breath, and in return, He draws near to us. But I think that verse, see, and, and I'll just tell you something here. When you're reading your Bible, slow it down down slow it down do not read the bible for academic reasons read it with not just your head but with your heart and the primary focus is to draw closer to god not academically not to check a little box off and say oh i read my bible this week i mean i read it for 10 minutes but uh i mean the rest of the week is mine now Anyway, no more ranting, no more ranting. But they were self-righteous. And Matthew chapter 15 verse 8 says this, With their lips they praise me, but their hearts are far from me. That's the Pharisees. But look at these tax collectors and sinners. Look at them. They were coming near to him to listen. And you know, this listening... I think it's very interesting here. And when it says to listen here, the Greek, it means figuratively to hear God's voice, which prompts to birth faith. And we know Romans ten seventeen says this. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. You cannot have faith If you don't hear the word of Christ, these tax collectors and sinners, they were hearing the word of Christ Pharisees and scribes. Not so much in verse four says, what man among you, if he has a hundred sheep and has lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open pasture and go after the one, which is lost until he finds it. When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. Let's let's break this down a little bit here. We already know and tackled that Romans chapter 3 says that there is none who seeks God. Isaiah 53, 6 says, All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And you know what is sad? Is that if you look at towards the end of verse 4, when it says, and go after the one which is lost until he finds it. God doesn't ever give up. He relentlessly pursues. And you know, I I fully believe that God gives everyone an opportunity to be drawn to him. I really do. And sadly, there are many who hear but never believe. And will continue to walk further and further away from Him. And you know, the scary part about that is the farther you walk away, the more times you procrastinate on making a decision to follow Christ, the harder your heart gets. And these Pharisees, their hearts are so hard, they make diamond look like tissue paper. But so we have a wonderful, amazing verse here, in verse five. When he has found it, when you put your trust and faith in him, after he has drawn you and you hear his words, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And that right there is a beautiful picture of a loving, saving shepherd. I want us real quick, before we go any farther, to jump to John chapter 10. And I'm actually going to turn there right now. John chapter 10. A lot of you know where I'm going with this. You might be thinking to yourself, oh yeah, I know exactly where he's going with this. Some of you may not, and that's okay. That's perfectly fine. So, in verse 14 of chapter 10, this is what it says. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, even as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. That right there is amazing. Let's keep going. I have other sheep which are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will hear my voice. And they will become one flock with one shepherd for this reason the father loves me because i lay down my life so that i may take it up again no one has taken away from me but i lay it down on my own initiative i have authority to lay it down and i have authority to take it up again this commandment i have received from my father who awesome stuff awesome stuff uh, Jesus says, I am here. He is making himself equal with God and calling himself God. And rightly so, he is. Jesus lays down his life for his sheep. That's what he did on the cross. And the other sheep talking about here is anybody else who isn't a Jew, which is considered a Gentile. And Jesus, in verses 17 through 18, Jesus alone had the power to lay down his life and take it up again he was not just a man people he was fully god fully god amen so when we are drawn and put our faith in christ alone we are put on his shoulders and he will carry us home and you know what's amazing is we like to think of god and and Jesus has stern individuals, um, high, high in the clouds, and and look down upon us and waiting to smash us. And you know I don't want to diminish the sovereignty and the holiness and magnificence of God, and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. But verse five there, rejoicing. There's shouts of joy in heaven over a sinner who repents. That's the God I serve. Verse 6 says, And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. Verse 7, I tell you that in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. And we know who they are. Isn't that a marvelous scripture? What a celebration. I can only imagine what that is going to be like and what that is like. And you know, although we do at times view ourselves as sinners who are in desperate need of God's mercy and grace, and that's how we should view ourselves, And that's how we stay humble and we keep in His Word. We abide in it. But I have to tell you something here. And you need to understand this. Number one, God, who created all things, seeks you out. Yes, you. Isn't that something? Isn't that amazing? The lost sheep. Those are people Who do not have Christ. Who are not saved. Who have not put their trust and faith in him. He seeks them out. You must be pretty valuable. And by the way, a sheep in the story, in that day, in that time, in that culture, a sheep was extremely valuable. You are valuable to God. He pursues you. He's drawing you. So if you're hearing this, do not harden your heart. Number two, your soul, yes, you as a whole, your inner person, all that you are, have eternal value that cannot be measured. I hear people say all the time, I'm not worth anything. I'm worthless. I'm useless. No one loves me. All those are lies to keep you down from seeing the holiness, the loving kindness of God. God loves you that he still pursues you and pursues you and pursues you and seeks after you even when we sin against him. Number 3, God and all of heaven rejoices when we repent and come to Christ. They rejoice. And you know, that is a very flattering, humbling, unexplainable Glorious, undeserved privilege. It really is. The fact that I came to Christ and there was a celebration in heaven goes beyond words. So my question to you are you going to be like these tax collectors and sinners who are going to come near to Him and listen to Him? You're listening to Him now? Not me. I'm just an under-shepherd to the shepherd. I don't have the words of eternal life. Jesus does. And only thing I'm trying to do is to have his message this gospel shared with as many people as possible because i was a lost sheep i went astray i did my own thing i was the god of my life and jesus christ came into my life he drew me with loving kindness I heard his words. I accepted him. I put my total trust and faith in him. I've been regenerated. I've been justified. And now I'm being sanctified. And I'm telling you, as a witness to all these things, in my own life, it's the greatest. It's the greatest. There's nothing and no one Like Jesus Christ. And He will transform your life. That is a promise. He will transform your life through the power of the Holy Spirit. So, no matter how you value yourself, remember this story that God seeks after you, draws you, and when you are found, In Christ, he rejoices. Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep, which was lost. Let's throw this in there for fun. Rejoice with me, for I have found my son or daughter, which was lost. We're going to end with this. Last verse, I was saving it. John chapter 10, once again. And now we go down to verse 27. It says this. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life. And they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. What a wonderful promise. I pray that the Lord blesses and keeps you and gives you peace. And until next time, God bless you, my friends.